This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. Today, Rado runs through the Kickstarter projects we love list, which is very exciting for me, I got to say. Kickstarter is an amazing resource. So many cool games come out every month, and it's all but impossible to keep track of them all. And the folks at Kickstarter realize this. So they have a Projects We Love badge that they will put on the titles that really stand out to them. And here's the interesting thing. They recently contacted me and asked, would I be interested in doing a Rotto runs-through of their Projects They Love? And I said, that'd be cool. That'd be so fantastic. Could you send me ahead of time all the projects that you love that are coming out in the next couple of weeks? And they said, yes. And I said, that list is too long. How about me and my buddies, we pick one or two of them off this list, the ones that really speak to us, and we'll put them together in a video. So they said, that's great. I said, fantastic. And here we are. And so today, I am going to be joined by Ryan Crichton of Nights Around a Table, uh, Shay Parker of RTFM, and the Twitch streamer Ruel Gaviola. And each of us is going to talk about a very, very cool game coming in the next few weeks. And so let's get going. All right, Shay, did anything speak to you? Absolutely. So the game I want to talk about is Embarcadero by Renegade Games. Now this game is set in like late Gold Rush era San Francisco, where a bunch of people have been uh, taking their boats to uh, San Francisco port and just abandoning them there because then they're going to go off and, and do, go to the Gold Rush. But all of these abandoned boats were taking up space and people started to use them for kind of real estate space. And in fact, people started building buildings and businesses into the hulls of these boats. And so in this game, you are uh, using, you're bringing in ships, you are then building uh, structures on top of these ships and building buildings on top of those structures in this very interesting three-dimensional uh, like building placement kind of game. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, resource management as well because uh, as you build, some of these buildings will require you to sink uh, previous ships, uh, which will then uh, lose you some of the bonuses that they originally gained you. But the buildings you build get you more advanced resources, which you can use to build even more advanced buildings. And uh, the reason I picked this uh, is there's a couple reasons, but mainly because the look of it is so unique that uh, you'll see on, on pretty much every card that you play, uh, these buildings that you're building, uh, you'll see a building that is literally built into the hull of a ship. And it looks wild, but if you looked into the history of it, it's totally real. Not every building was done like this, but a lot of them were. And it's it's just crazy to look at. And um, it also presents this really interesting tactical gameplay because sometimes you can block people from expanding outward, but you can still expand upward because you keep stacking these structures on top of these buildings and create it creates a really interesting like 3D landscape. So it's got an amazing board presence. Shay, this seems like a really cool puzzly game. Have you actually gotten to play it yet? I have, yeah. I've managed to get my hands on it, and it's, it is really interesting. I really enjoy playing it. There's a lot of strategy to it, and it's not just the your like strategy of your own cards but the strategy the interaction with other players uh works really well to that end one of the things that drew me to this game is that i'm from the bay area and i've been to the embarcadero district now it looks completely different now than it used to um but it was a very active like port district 
uh, in San yeah, Francisco. Yeah, I've jogged along it, and I look very different now than I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I I grew up hearing about uh, the Embarcadero, so I, I've heard about these these ships that were built into the hulls or the, the buildings that were built in the holes of ships, and I just thought it was so wild that I, I had to give this a try. And I think the theme works into the mechanics really Here's well. my question for you since you've played it. I am so excited about this game, but I'm a little worried how much the area control, the tit-for-tat, you know, the, is there much player conflict, or is it pretty live and let live? What do you think? So there is a little bit of player conflict. Like I said, you, do, you can get in each other's way, but I never felt trapped okay. by it. You can always expand more. It's just that you are kind of... Uh, benefited from you know controlling your area well but even if someone cuts you off you can still uh, expand in a different section of the board you're never completely stuck and even if you are stuck horizontally like Just I said you can build vertically. perfect that's awesome yeah nice all right so that is Embarcadero by Renegade Games make sure to click on the button in the corner to go to the notify me on launch page to check that out so, a game I definitely want to talk about that's coming soon on Kickstarter is Plunderous. And this is kind of outside of the normal realm of what I play. This is a 4X steampunk pirate game in a kind of fantastical New Caribbean world. And by 4X, I mean it features tons of exploration, expansion, exploitation... Exploit, exploitation and extermination. And that last one is generally not something I go for, but I should say, full disclosure, this is being developed by a friend of mine, and so I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And I was blown away by how much I enjoyed it. It's a very Euro-y experience, although if you want to, you can definitely go heavy into the piracy side of things and really make life miserable for everybody else. But there's so much going on in this game, and I think one of the things that sets it aside more than anything else is every round, we are all going to engage in a lot of diplomacy with each other through this uh, council voting system that uh, works in quasi-real time. It's quite unlike anything else I've ever seen before. And here's the interesting thing. I've actually played this with Shay, and I won, I'm very, very happy to say. And I won completely okay. peacefully, too. <laughs> yeah. You did, yeah. I was, uh, I was actually wor well. Okay, you say it was peacefully, but you were threatening yeah, quite a bit. Those were counter-threatening. I uh, did not want to threaten anybody with my yeah. world-destroying <laughs> mech until you threatened to take it away from me. <laughs> okay, so I said, "Hey, I don't want there to be mass weapons of mass destruction." You're like, "Well, okay, then I can't." Yeah, I think I remember you. seeing yeah, that's, a tweet that's threatening at all. that said no, it's like I, putting I really a weapon of mass enjoy... destruction in the hands of Gandhi. Did I not? That's uh, That was literally a quote from that particular <laughs> session, lines. and I will admit, it was awesome. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I really enjoyed it. I've actually played it a few times. Uh, I, I really enjoyed playing it with you, but I found that every time I've played it, yeah. it plays very differently. And one of the reasons for that is the, the council session that you mentioned, because that lets you adapt this game in a number of different ways. And so sometimes it plays very Euro, like you said, but then sometimes it's very combative. You know, your people are really in each other's face because you can sort of vote down the things that uh, maybe that you like better or that you don't like as much. Or if someone's winning uh, using one particular strategy, you can use that to temper their momentum a bit. And I think that's if really everybody else around the table mechanic. agrees with you, I, I love... maybe they're using that mechanism as well. Yeah, that's yes. the tricky thing. Yeah, I, but that's yeah, the exactly. but that's the diplomacy aspect right. of it. I love that type of mechanism game where you can, you know, where the game actually evolves and changes as you're playing it. And it reminds me a little bit of Twilight Imperium, one of my favorite games, um, but yeah. with this whole pirate thing. I can really confirm cool. that is one of the sources of inspiration for this game. It's gone a long ways from that. 
Um, and actually, the other thing, which I haven't had a chance to play yet, but I'm very, very excited about, and I've actually been kind of quasi-involved in, is an expansion for it called Reveille that turns it into a full cooperative game as well, using most of the core systems, but giving us a game opponent to fight against instead of each other. And, you know, and that's what I cannot wait to play this game with my wife, Jen. Well, that, folks, is Plunderous. And like always, hit that eye in the top right corner of the screen to go to the Notify on Launch page if this struck your fancy. So, Ruel, what jumped out at you on the list? The game that really caught my eye, Richard, was Cascadia from Flat Out Games. Uh, this game's designed by Randy Flynn with art by Beth Sobel. And in this game, it players try to create the most diverse environment in the Pacific Northwest by laying land tiles and adding wildlife tokens. And uh, This is a very elegant gateway game that also has enough strategy uh, for veteran gamers like you and myself and all of our friends. What I love about this game is the double tile lane um, aspect to it. You're laying land tiles and wildlife tokens, and you really have to make these two work together, or else you will not score enough points to um, garner the victory. Uh, you have over 80 land tiles to create your environment, and these tiles will show you exactly what wildlife may populate it. So every turn that you're taking a wildlife token and a land tile from the open market, you're trying to make it work within your environment, and sometimes, actually a lot of times, it's not going to work out. So what you want to do is grab some of the nature tokens. And these nature tokens will help you mitigate some of those uh, times when you cannot place the uh, tiles and the tokens together. Um, what I love about this game is it's perfect for my family because you're just doing the one thing per turn, right? Um, you're just putting tiles, placing the tokens, and with... Uh, the whole COVID thing, you know, um, my uh, main uh, gaming partners have become my family. They're not as uh, hardcore as I am. They don't really uh, do the deeper strategy games, but they do like games like this where it's family-oriented, it's a gateway, but there's still enough strategy to make you think. So uh, that's the type of game uh, that Cascadia is. I absolutely love it, and I can't wait to uh, check it out. Uh, yeah, I agree. Here's the deal. I've actually played this one. And everything you said is right. Uh, it's a brilliant gateway, but on top of that, there is enough to noodle on so that even if you... Well, first of all, I should say thank you for labeling me a veteran gamer. That was quite kind of you. But, you know, the <laughs> fact that veteran gamers can have a lot to crunch on, but this is so easy to teach and play, and the challenge every round of having to pick a pair of a terrain plus an animal, and likely they do not work well together, and having to navigate through that it is just a tension-filled game. It's beautiful. I mean, I love it to pieces. Yeah. I got a question. Uh, so it sounds like uh, this is a pretty simple or a pretty straightforward um, system of you pick up a tile and then you have to place it. So it sounds a little bit like Carcassonne in that sense, but maybe just with an added twist. Would you say that's a fair comparison? Absolutely. I think that's what uh, I think that's a big appeal to it, actually, is that it's got really that really simple mechanism, right? You're, you know, drawing tile and then you're in this case, you're drawing two tiles, uh, a token and a land tile and you're placing them. So it's something that families and new gamers are going to be able to pick up quite yeah. easily. I like to see kind of the things that go on in like the board game Zeitgeist. So I'm thinking, you know, things like parks and, and Baron Park. And to an extent, Everdell, these are all about nature and the outdoors. Yeah. Where does this fit in with, with those kinds of games? 
That's a great point. Um, I think it goes right along those lines, right? The whole nature theme. And, you know, I personally dig it because well, I'm not going outside that much these days. And hopefully you aren't too. Hopefully everyone's staying safe. So this is a great way uh, to go uh, to enjoy the outdoors without actually being outdoors. So that's Cascadia Games from Flat Out Games coming soon. Hit the eye uh, in the corner there to get notified when it goes live. Okay, let me tell you guys what I was really excited about. Into Deep is such a cool idea. This is a fairly heavy-looking Euro-style strategy game, but the setting is some far-future cyberpunk Blade Runner-type environment where we are all members of a secret agency that is trying to shut down an evil syndicate trying to take over the city. And here's how we do it. We have the technology to jump into the minds of criminals, take control of them, move them around in the city where we want to go, and make them do stuff. And the reason we do this is so... We can get evidence and uh, you know uh, clues about what the big evil plan is. And throughout the game, we're all competing because we all want to be the new head of our agency. And every time we help in this uh, mind control scenario, one of the criminals do a job, we get a choice. Are we going to push really hard? Are we going to end in a particularly aggressive way so that we can get more intel, more evidence? If we do that, though, we get more and more corrupt. And over time, that corruption builds up. And at some point, you could become in too deep. If you have the most corruption at the end of the game, when the final case is solved, you will suffer a huge point loss. And by the same token, if you have the least amount of corruption, your goody two-shoes, you get a huge points bonus. So the tricky thing is, the more you push and go into deep, the more you're incentivized to not actually solve the crime. To actually let the syndicate get away because you don't want to be revealed as a, a corrupt agent yourself. And so, we all started out working together to take down the syndicate, but by the end of the game, you might still be doing that, and you might realize, I'm just throwing crap into the case, and um, this thing isn't going to get solved because I've gone in too deep. This kind of shifting quasi-alliance thing is so brilliant, and the gameplay looks really sharp, too. I'm kind of reminded, almost, of a Vita Lasarda-style game with trying to get the right things into the right position and dealing with Rondell limitations. I'm really, really impressed by it, and I cannot wait to learn more about In Too Deep. I don't know, have you guys heard about this one? I took a look at the artwork. I love the the look of this. It's got a very vibrant uh, like style to it, very like neon colors, and I, I really dig that uh, the the visuals of it yeah. for sure. I'm glad you mentioned the rondelle though, Richard, because I took a, a look at a picture of it, and what I didn't understand was how mechanically that worked. Does the rondelle represent space? or time, or since it's cyberpunk, is that cyberspace? It actually represents different districts of the city. So every time you play, you randomly ah. put all those wedges together to make a new city that you can explore. And the goals you're trying to do is get certain items, like safe cracking equipment, or hacking tools, or robots, into particular spaces so they can be run by criminals. And if you get the right criminals and the right tools into the right place at the right time, you can succeed at one of these missions. But the thing is, I might be trying to get the same robot into one district, and you're trying to get into another. So we're almost having a tug-of-war over this character. Mm. And if there's mm. a character I really start to control a lot, I start to mind-meld with them, and it gets easier for me to control them in the future, and I unlock special powers, and I can even mind-control the ones that you're wanting to use. And then if you want to use them, you have to pay me to um, let loose so that you can take control. Just a lot of really interesting interaction between players. I love, I absolutely mm. love the theme of this game, and it seems like it's really embedded yeah. in the um, uh, mechanisms. Uh, do you feel like that's true? 
Yes, definitely. Here's the thing. I actually recently found out this game was put into a design contest back in 2006. And so the developers have been working on this for a decade and a half. And I think it really shows. There's so much how everything works together. And that's one of the things, many things, that gets me excited about In Too Deep, which is coming soon from Burt Island Games. You can hit that I and learn more about it. Uh, or, you know, hit the notification so you know when it launches. And now for something completely different. It turns out Ryan is a professional video game designer, in addition to being a board game videographer. And he's got something very unique for us. Ryan, tell us about it. Yeah, I'm kind of the dark horse entry here, Rado. I'm talking to you about a video game. Now, have you played Animal Crossing, Rado? Yes. Who okay, hasn't? Right, there you go, right? Very popular game. Imagine you sit down at a game of Animal Crossing and you're going to have some fun, but all of the villagers are completely gone. Nobody's on the island anymore. That's what you got in Lonesome Village, which is a game by a small indie team called Ogre Pixel. It's coming out for Steam and Switch. It's their first Switch game ever. So you play West the Coyote and you're in this sort of Stardew Valley Animal Crossing-like village, but there's nobody there. That's because the residents used to mess around with dark magic and they've all vanished. But there is a gigantic purple tower in the middle of the village that you can go into and you can solve puzzles in Zelda-style dungeons. So if this game is a this meets that, it's going to be Zelda meets Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley. But the hook, the hook is that there's no combat. So if you've ever played like in a Zelda dungeon and you're trying to push statues around but there's like bats flying at your head and, and tectites and levers and all the rest of it and you're just like, let me just throw some switches and do puzzles, that's what this game is. And then as you uh, sort of restore the village, um, then you're going to get into more of an Animal Crossing kind of mini puzzle kind of thing, mini game. You're going to be fishing, you're going to be collecting resources like firewood and there's a whole social aspect on it that you it might ring a bell if you've played Stardew Valley where the more you talk to villagers, the nicer they are to you. They might give you discounts on things you want to buy. And then the less you talk to them and engage with them, the sort of colder they're going to be to you. Maybe they'll charge you more for what you want to buy from them. Well, that sounds, that sounds actually very, very cool. Uh, so you, you, you say it's got puzzles, so it has kind of like almost a board game feel to it. Yeah, so, I, I mean, we're all board gamers here, but I'm hoping there's enough crossover between game players that enough of us play video games. And I think, I mean, I'd hazard a guess that board gamers might be more into a game that has less of a twitch, combat-y, fighty element uh, that's less reliant on your reflexes and more reliant on your brain. So if you're more of like a like an escape-the-room board game kind of puzzler, you like, you like puzzles, this might scratch the itch for you. Hey, Ryan, so you mentioned a few uh, other games that sound like inspiration in some way, like uh, Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley. Um, and so those I generally consider to be pretty cute games. And then we've also, but then you also mentioned like dark magic and like everyone is disappearing. Would you say that this game skews more towards the, the cute side or maybe gets a little creepy sometimes? Or Oh, take a look. It is definitely cute. It's cute dark okay. magic, right? Everybody's been messing around with <laughs> the, the best occult. Dark magic, in a yes. Yeah, the best dark In a cute way. Adorable dark magic. You know what's weird about this? The main character is a coyote. When is the last time you've played something or seen something where a cartoon coyote is like a good guy? Wow, really? That, that's fun. I, I, I love that. A coyote. I would totally play a coyote. And so then does that mean like the um, the people you're trying to, or the animals you're trying to um, 
conquer or whatever? Are, are they like um, roadrunners? <laughs> well, no, they're you're trying to liberate them, and they're still either. Oh. I, I saw a pig and a beaver for sure, so I know those are in there. It's nice. so great to it. see nature coming together in friendship like that, you know. <laughs> and, and and adorable yes. dark magic, of course. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that is Lonesome, Va- Lonesome Village, and you can uh, click the uh, eye up in the corner to go to the Remind Me on Lunch, and they actually have a special tier that's limited, so if you're one of the first people to get in on that, then you're going to get in on that limited tier, so maybe you want to do that earlier than the rest. Okay, folks, and that was Rotto Runs Through, the Kickstarter Projects We Love list, and I think those are several games that I am certainly falling in love with. I don't know about you, but if you want to know more about them, again, hit that eye in the top right corner screen, and you can get notifications set up for any of them when they launch. And also, in closing, I have to say thank you very much to Ruel, Ryan, and Shay for showing up. You guys were great. If you want to see any more of these guys, hit the links down in the show notes. They've all got great channels producing fantastic content. And uh, with that... I think I am going to bid you all adieu. Say thanks so much for watching. Have a nice day. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, Bye-bye.